I mean, the, the, the story that gets told is, is, is the you. You need this book. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> you are feeling spendy. Spendy. <laughs> As I recall, that wasn't even at a furry con. That was at like one of the. No, it was. It, oh, was, it was a rainforest. Oh, it was a rainforest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had, in my head, I had it as like and, a, and a Comic Con. And I, I was amazed. And then he totally blew my mind because he did it again immediately after that. He did it twice in a row. He just pointed to a random person that was walking by our table and said, You. And the guy was like, me? And walked over. He's like, you need this book. Yeah, yeah, I do. He says as he holds the book in one hand and reaches for his wallet. With me. And I was like, how the hell did you do that? And he's like, I just do it. And then he did it again. And I was like, well, now we know why in there are the low level supers in Save the Day because he is one and he wanted to write their story. Shit writers say. Woo! Oh, that'll be fun. Crazy room party edition. <laughs> Crazy room party edition because the con shuts down at six, and the only other room we had was across from the dead dog. So, no background music because I don't want to deal with copyright. <laughs> <laughs> Smart man. Smart man. <laughs> I'm one of your usual hosts. I'm Ocean, and otherwise in the room we have Saint Ajax, Fuzzwolf. Kung Sparf. Miriam Curzon. Yeah. Mog Moogle. Night Eyes Day Spring. Robert Barrett. Spuds. Fugue. Slip Wolf. So everyone has good con? There yeah. seems to be more alcohol at this yeah. one than I'm used to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, has good con. Mm-hmm. Over two. Sales cars. were decent. So this is uh, officially our most successful convention ever. Really? Nice. I think something about 25 new releases probably helped yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All that hard work paid off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I get to pay it all back because uh, first thing I do when I go home is second quarter royalties because now it's July. So. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> That'll be good. Yep. Good times. Busy, but good. Oh, and um, I also found a couple of. So I've been talking to. Um, a lot of you know Mando through the, the Furry yep. Riders Guild chat, stuff like that. Uh, and he'd been uh, telling me about some Italian furry comics, which are pretty cool, mm. because they have no words. The so, loved ones, right? Yes, the loved, the loved ones. So they're really good in any language. Uh, and somebody downstairs in the dealer's room was selling two of them, so they had the one about, they had love the tiger and love the fox. Hmm. And everyone knows I love the fox, but I bought both of them anyway. Uh, what's interesting is they're actually not the original Italian ones. They were actually republished by an American company, uh, company, the publishing company, in 2014. They originally came out in Italy, 2011. So it has like an American blurb or an English language blurb on the back and stuff like that. But I let them know that I picked them up. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. We've got these Italian. 
anthropomics or animal comics. I saw the tweet and explained how jealous I was. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The guy grabbed them right off the rack. I don't know, so I don't think he had more like under the shelf or yeah. anything like that. So. Uh, but since they are from a U.S. company that published just a couple of years ago, you might be able to find them online. I think Siani uh, was like, "Hey, you should check Amazon." Yeah, he sent me something. So yeah, you probably you'd probably find them somewhere. Not Her planet should find them and republish them. Um, we wouldn't republish them, but um, since it's just been published by someone a couple years ago, but I would consider distribution, so yeah. I might look into that. That'd be cool. Don't quote me on that. Oh crap, we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> and two of us have the evidence. Yes. It's, it, they, are, they are on Amazon, I think. There we go. One volume one and one volume two. So now that we've spent the con yeah. buying books, we can go back home and buy more books. <laughs> There's a third one in Italy, though, because Mando asked me why I didn't buy the Lion one, so there is a Love yeah. the Lion, and I guess they just haven't published that one over here yet. So. Kind of like we just got the la latest Black Set? Yeah. Is there going to be another one, do you know? I, I imagine there will be. I don't think I've heard an official word. Unlike Granville, I have mm -hmm. seen official tweets that, that um, Brian Tal was working on another boy nice. in Granville. Um, I'm going to assume that there's going to be another black set, though. It, but it does take them like two or three years to make it because it's a watercolor. Then it takes like another two years for them to translate it into English. So. But they're so good. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Anybody learn anything new? Um, I did learn something actually just a couple of minutes ago. So one of the things that Sofa Wolf did for this con is we released... Franco, and we, uh, I was just having dinner with uh, the owners of Soulful Press, as well as Franco himself, mm -hmm. Cristobal Joffre, hey, and cool. um, heard from him that this is apparently, apparently, the first Chilean comic to be translated into English, and oh, apparently wow. this is a big deal down there. Wow. And everyone's like really excited for him because he was the first one to get his comic translated for an American market. That is awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Sweet. I thought that was a like I was really surprised when Soap Wolf announced that because I thought that was a really cool idea because we have a, a small literary press based in Dallas. Not we as in I own it. I mean we as in Dallas has one uh, called Deep Vellum. The, it's their goal to to publish international literature. So they have like an army of translators. Um, and they've done French, Icelandic, Italian, Spanish, Norwegian. They're they're pulling from all over the globe. Um, they even did one. It was originally published in French because uh, it was written by an author from the Democratic Republic of Congo, and that was a really interesting one. So I'm becoming really interested in translated literature lately. And then to see Sofu be like, hey, we have this Chilean comic, and we're going to translate it into English. It's like. It's kind of cool to see that that move into our community as well. So I find that really interesting. And are you guys already working on the second book? Uh, not to or my knowledge, but that's not something I would see until no. like. So I I worked on the copy editing of Franco. I worked on that two or three months ago. It was like the one of the very last things that was done before it got sent to the printers. I basically didn't touch it before that point. So. <laughs> If we are, I am not aware of it. 
Okay, but that would not be a surprise even if we were working on it. <laughs> so I think he said he was working on the second one, and he's already hoping it does well because he wants it, to it is, start the third one. It is published in Chile. Yeah. The, the Spanish language edition, second volume, is out. In fact, I think he brought a copy with him to show off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been doing really well. Yeah. yeah, he said that like the third one, he's gonna have to like hire some guest artists, and he wants to see some other styles too. There's there's an artist I think he's already picked out for the third one that he can't wait to see uh, like Franco in that style and that. So mm-hmm. and apparently the local schools in Chile are picking up on the comic. Oh, nice. Uh, so like there's lots of children that are reading his stuff, and you know that's that's just cool. Dang it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Howard are writing, and I didn't get to, I went to one writing panel out of the many at Anthrocon, so I've been in one place most of the weekend, so you guys tell me, how did the writing panels uh, go this weekend? I think they went extremely well. Uh, we, as, as far as the ones I went to, we only had one that kind of started to run away on us, and uh, that was rained back in pretty quick. Did, did, um, oh, was it your setting and description panel helpful? was that? Oh. Sorry, you didn't play me. Uh, so no, you were in it. I think you did it too. Yeah, yeah. We. It was. I think it went well. Um, How full was it though? Not too uh, full. Okay. Not initially, no people. People pulling. Everyone's slightly late for for stuff. So we we started with like what eight to ten people, and it went to take a little bit more. Yeah, and it went to more than that though. By the time we were halfway through, it went up to about uh, like almost double that. Because we did our first. We did the plot and structure, and I think we were just surprised by. It was standing room only. In yeah. Oh, yeah. Plot mm-hmm. structure yeah. was packed. Wow. Oh, yeah. I think it's because the dealer's room hadn't opened yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was the hour before. Yeah. The we were doing so everyone's so. like, oh, sure, I'll go check out the panel. It was still a really and, good and panel. Yeah. You could also tell that there were people leaving yeah. the room at the, who were super sponsors and whatnot because they wanted to get to the dealer's demo as it opened, which mm-hmm. was 15 minutes before everyone Guilty. else. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, we were just like, wow, there's a lot of people here. <laughs> yeah, the... Um, the submit and publish was also reasonably well stocked. We had a little over twenty people in that one. I was sad I missed that one because I had to go eat because that's usually one of my favorite panels to attend. As Turin put it, it just enough people to fill an anthology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that how you guys got onto the anthology chat? Did we get? To- I came in on the end and they were saying something about anthologies. How um, that might have been something like yeah. It. yeah. We crossed that subject like a bunch of times, <laughs> back and forth. Um, I do think that panel gave me my best answer of the con that I get because you know I was on five different panels and so got lots of questions. Uh, my favorite answer to a question that was given the question was, um, you know, if I'm submitting a novel to you, I'm, I'm writing a cover letter because we talked about cover letters. Um, it's my first thing I'm submitting, and it's a novel how do I make that look better? And my response was, don't let it be your first thing. Right. <laughs> I said, basically, you know, trying to cold submit a novel is really, really hard. You should have something else with it. Have short story submissions. Heck, have poetry submissions. Have something to tell us that you have worked with an editor before. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we really want to see. Mm. That's usually what I tell people, that the best way to get on our radar for longer works is if we've worked with you in some capacity on one of the anthologies that's open for submission. So we have an editor that we can go to and be like, hey, 
how was this person to work with, you know, what's the quality of their work. I have an example in my hand of the quality of their, of their finished product. And that's a little, if you get on my radar like that, it's a lot easier to kind of get your foot in the door. It's almost a form of networking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Anthrocon's almost a form of networking, I feel. Oh, it's it is a form of networking. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent for that. Hello, fellow writers. How nice to see you all. <laughs> so glad we could congregate for this recording. Hi, Fuzz. I have this project that I'm working on. No, I'm going to buy a book in a minute, but I want to tell you about the novel. <laughs> Keep talking, oh, reloading. Oh. <laughs> that, that's why you need the, the shirts. Yes. yes. <laughs> that was the best. Tieran mentioned, apparently, it came up on in the, the publish and submit panel. Is no, I will not publish your book. <laughs> so the other one we thought of was keep calm and accept your rejection. <laughs> <laughs> one for the editors, one for the for the publishers. That's I like great. It. Yeah, I like it. Can we get those? I will. I will go in on that. <laughs> I'm totally up with that. Kickstarter. <laughs> ah, we have a new, new new arrival. Hello. A serval okay. appears. Oh, uh, someone sweet. else I was eating dinner with. <laughs> Ew. Hello. Hi. You look hot. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's very kind of you to say. Oh, yeah. I'm also sweating, so... Just that, for context, that else is part of it. Just for context for the for the listeners who cannot see <laughs> that there is this man, this this fat, balding, mi- middle-aged man, not really middle-aged, who has walked in, who is sweating profusely, dripping all over the carpet. It's like some sort of disgusting swamp thing has come out from somewhere <laughs> in the hotel. It is like... <laughs> <sighs> yeah, anyway. I, I do have to say I love that shirt. Oh, well, thank you. It's I didn't make it. It was designed entirely by, by our friends at GamerFan. Or fan gamer, excuse me, fan gamer, fan gamer, don't kill me, you fan gamer people. <laughs> it was it was designed by our, our wonderful friends at Fan Gamer, who are not sponsoring this podcast, but should because I just plugged them like three or four times now, uh, for the game Undertale by Toby Fox. So once again, for context for people who can't see it but have to hear, and it is it is a Sans a shirt of Sans with his ultimate attack blowing things up, and it is awesome. Is it Sans from Undertale. Sans from Undertale. Yeah, the one and only, the one and only Sans. For those of us who haven't played it, but have seen pictures. What is that? What is uh, this mysterious thing? I don't remember who said it, but alcoholic. there was the joke of, we must now hate Toby Fox because he somehow managed to pay- make people like Papyrus and Comic Sans' fonts again. <laughs> <laughs> Curse that man forever. So, so, so Fugue is talking, and I don't know if, um, I don't know if you saw someone wearing this shirt wandering around the con on Saturday. Someone had a Helvetica shirt, except that the Helvetica was in Comic Sans. <laughs> I figured you might appreciate that. Wow. I, think, I think most people in this room would appreciate that. Is that. Wonderful. Oh, so I learned a deep, dark secret of So Full of Press this weekend, which is that uh, we have a book whose cover is in Papyrus. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> that is Why Coyotes Howl by Watts Martin. And that was before we knew about that apparently <laughs> because I think if we tried to do that nowadays mm. uh, someone would reach in and throttle us before we got to print it everybody is a typography snob for Comic Sans and Papyrus yep. they don't care anything about any other typeface but those and that's why I have a problem with it <laughs> you don't have a problem with the fonts you have a problem with the people problem getting with the on people the bandwagon for hating the fonts yes, yes because it's like there are plenty of other things you could be spending your time on, like like actually writing. 
Like I just read it, or actually reading the contents within and yeah. ignoring the the not so pretty cover. So I tend not to complain about particular fonts because it seems like in those cases it's one of those things that's just popular to complain about that thing. Except in this case, I saw a response on a forum that was asking about about what fonts to use, and someone was like. Well, I, I don't understand why people don't like Comic Sans. I used it on my novel and it was fine. <laughs> Someone replied, wait a minute. Your whole novel? <laughs> yes. <laughs> wait, okay, so so where is where is we don't have um we don't have um God, I'm spacing names right now, uh Tempe here. Because if I recall there was something about about a particular font that was supposed oh. to be used through his entire novel. <laughs> I don't know that that was before I worked with Sofol, so I can't really talk about that. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'll um, bring that I, up again. I do remember. So Tegan actually made a, a joke in the the Afterglow segment of Heat this year about a font. Disaster mm. <laughs> uh, just occurred into the room, and I'm just going to continue with talking right through it. Um, so I got a little excited. Party <laughs> I got a little excited. I'm sorry. You know, it gets it's a little frothy after a long hard con like this. Sometimes sure. So, uh, those of you who have seen Tempe's novels, the Two Sixes Wild novels, know that the the font on the front cover is very distinctive, and I believe it's referred to as Bleeding Cowboy. That's yes. the name of the font. Um, so Tegan made a joke in at the back of Heat that. Um, so, uh, she has to do all of the copy editing work, all the layout work for Heat, and she was thinking about, okay, well, this is issue 13. What are all the things that could possibly go wrong? And one of her nightmares was, all fonts are bleeding cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine everything in that issue being bloody cowboy? <sighs> so, the way uh, uh, Teppo explained it to me was that when the first Sixes Wild came out, it was in like 2010 or something like that, nobody knew about Bleeding Cowboy. And apparently in the six inter intervening years, apparently that font is now everywhere. Yep. But we wanted to keep the look and feel of the second book the same as the first. So we still use Bleeding Cowboy on, on the cover font and for some of the, the chapter headings and stuff like that. but. He's like, hopefully people understand. Like, we had it first. <laughs> <laughs> that counts for nothing. <laughs> I, I just bought his first book this weekend. And I didn't even really say, like, I'll buy it. It was more like, oh, I'll, I'll get the latest heat. And, and Tempe's like, well, would you would you like one of these? I'm like, oh, I haven't actually read any of your books. He's like, which one which one would you suggest? He's, he's like, oh, I'll just put this one over on the pile <laughs> over here with you, and then I'll sign it for you. And it's just like, I'm sure, whatever. Yeah, Tempe pretty much insisted that I buy his copy after uh, a, a conversation about him voice acting, which uh, apparently... Oh, yeah. Apparently he is a voice actor for a, a mod. He is for, the voice he actor. He is the voice actor for a mod that adds Moogles to a uh, very popular game called Morrowind. Some might be familiar with it. What's, what is that? <laughs> yeah, what I know. What are you talking about? I have what no you, idea what that is. What is, what is Morrowind? So, so if you've ever played the, the Moogle add-in 
for Morrowind. The one the one that actually voices the Moogles, Tempe was That's the Tempe. voice. Yeah, he was the voice actor, and I've been listening to his voice for, for uh, 12 am, years and never knew. I am now imagining Tempe saying, Koopa o popo all over. <laughs> Somebody needs a hug, Koopa. I did see another, I saw another Moogle today, too. Really? Yes. That's a, that's amazing. I There's was, another Moogle about. I know. Is it Rika Fox? I don't. I don't know. Okay. I I saw one too. It might have been the same one. Maybe. There could be three though. Mm. I did not see any other Tigroxes though. But no. someone told me there was one. Yeah, I, I remember hearing one. that conversation about another Tigrox. I don't believe them. I don't either. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one. <laughs> Or I will be again. <laughs> In the heart of the night. Like you cut off your head and you get all the Tigrox power? Is that how it works? Yeah, it's, it's, it's Highlander. Another stripe. There you go. Oh, oh. oh no. I'm getting excited again. This is a show and a half. Getting excited again. It's a wild fermented beer. It's fine. It's only like a year and a half old. I don't think I've been to a con with this much beer tasting. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, cameo. These guys, the, these these boys, do not mess around with their beer. No, absolutely. I think you if guys you could see the size of the cooler they oh, brought. <laughs> you guys with brought wheels. some really good stuff to furthermore. <laughs> so my very first time at Anthrocon, maybe my second. I um, I learned why you do not allow Germans to pour you drinks. <laughs> so, I do not drink. I will occasionally taste drinks because I enjoy cooking with the flavors of certain alcoholic drinks. Um, we need to talk later. At one point, I was watching Night Fox was pouring, uh, I think it was a white Russian, and I said, hmm, that looks interesting. I would like to try a bit of a white Russian. Night Fox, would you pour me a sip of a white Russian? <laughs> Wrong thing to say because he slams down a red Solo cup and fills it up all the way to the brim. I get about two sips in and thankfully Jeff Eddy takes it out of my hand. <laughs> <laughs> then it wouldn't start calling you the dude after that? <laughs> no. He would have needed a bathrobe. <clears throat> so I, I was at a party I with Night really Fox. Antron for last, so it was AC twenty fourteen. And one of my friends that was with me asked if they had any soda. And Night Fox, not even saying this to be funny, says, We have beer. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was quiet. <laughs> and then that quiet like writer side. <laughs> Story ideas begin in stranger <laughs> places than this. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. Indeed. That's a germination quiet. Yep. Someone know. cue the Philip Glass music. <laughs> Please, no music. We have no music to come and record this. <laughs> <laughs> we could play the music from Psycho. All right, so... Better. No, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Panels. Uh, what, was, what was the favorite panel of the con? I can tell you which panel was not the favorite panel of the oh, con. God, that'll work. <laughs> That's probably an even more amusing oh. story. Oh, the, goodness. The least favorite panel of the con? <laughs> I can tell you the, the probably the least attended panel of the con. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, do you actually want me to talk about it? I mean, this is going to get posted somewhere. No, so. no, no, go ahead. I mean, 
Uh, I'm asking, I'm asking you, you can talk yeah, about no, it. Yeah. Maybe oh, it'll get the, more reception it the than Duke the panel. <laughs> huh? Uh, was it the Duke Otterton reading? Oh, no, no, no that, that one's ex- that one's obscenely popular. No, oh. it was it was it was the RAR panel, unfortunately. Oh. All those guys showed up, and it was like three people, three attendees. Yeah. Well, you can only take five, so hey, they're well, all gonna get in. You know, I guess that's true, but you know, we kind of want more people to show up, and yeah. I would have come if I wasn't changed to we, chained to a dealer's table. Uh, we did talk about it a lot at the uh, editing and revision panel, which had, oh, I, well, I, I would say I wanted great attendance there because it was scheduled during the lunch, uh, the the dinner hour. Uh, but we still had like I think ten people in there. Yeah. I want to have it on record how you have we have the picture of the the fox and the rabbit at their table. They're doing the writing. Yeah, and you produce the the small. I forget what size it is quarter cut yeah the quarter cuts that have that picture in half yeah and so i had placed a couple of those down at the table and talked about rar and i came back later and all the rabbit ones were still there <laughs> but the fox ones were almost gone Goodness. fox had a laptop rabbit had like an underwood typewriter typewriter People what didn't know what that people, was. What is it with people against typewriters? Like, what is this, a big calculator? I don't understand what's going on. you write stuff on a typewriter? Yeah, if I had one. <laughs> I, I do to go, oh, how do people type on these? Give me my word hey, processor. Hey, back. I used to use a Smith Corona XE500, which is like <laughs> the weird bridge between typewriter and word processor. That's where you type it, and then they would have the line, and then when you yeah. press enter, it would, it would print it, right? No, no, or, no. That's, oh. that's, you're thinking of like an IBM wheel writer, oh. so, which is like the word processor level at that point. No. <laughs> This would still type it out at, at once, but it was you could actually store entire. You could do editing with it, so you could actually store entire lines what? in its memory up to a certain amount, and then you could you could do like weird copy paste things. I think that was the Smith Corona could do that. I don't remember. I never used those functions, but it had some really weird functions in it. Anyway, and then they were quickly washed aside. And then they were quickly washed aside in the great computer the computer advent of 19 whatever. I don't care. No, I know what you're talking about. My grandmother used to work at Montgomery Gordon's and she sold appliances. Oh my god. Yeah. That's where my that's where we bought that typewriter from. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and there were these typewriters there and that was like literally 6 months before personal computers just exploded and then everybody had one. I yep. used to work at Montgomery Ward. Oh man! <laughs> oh man! It's like a it's like a reunion. I worked there <laughs> until the day they went out of business, actually, and then wow. I came back as a contractor for four days to do the fixture auction, wow. which was an interesting experience. Wow! I'll give you two pennies per pound. I shopped there during the uh, during the I'm going out of business, so in my house, in my parents' house, because. You know, if it's an electronic device and it stops being used, it just goes and lives in a corner and gathers dust because, mm-hmm. well, you somebody might need it someday. Um, that I have an Admiral CRT television. <laughs> an Admiral forehead VCR. Oh, that was fancy. Forehead was great. A second, yes. I'd ra- I would rather have an eight-head VCR, but you can't find them because nobody bought them. And if they bought them, they still have them, and they don't go to thrift stores where I look for them. They do not <laughs> sell them. That is correct. Because mm-hmm. I would like to, I would like to, you know, be able to pause the VHS and have it look like just a still shot and not static. Not, not, not <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I started picking up like things on VHS tapes that you can't get anymore that aren't are terrible, like. Like the, the Donkey Kong Country CGI animated series. Oh. I, have oh. a, I have a VHS of that that I found for like 10 cents. Or like, what about that Final Fantasy Legend of the Crystal, whatever it is, that was like god awful? Oh, was on VHS. Man, that was a long I was going to say that oh the, the thing I would think of as being the VHS thing that you can't find anywhere else is Star Wars 
holiday special. Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah. Uh, you can't. Well, <laughs> that is that is hoist the Jolly Roger. You can get it. Um, it's 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 readily available on the internet now. Um, and so, in terms of like weird things sitting in my house, I have. I, I want to do an experiment, a, a writing experiment, where I. Um, Bye, pupper. Um, I take out my mother's old typewriter, and it's a Weber 500XL portable typewriter, and it comes in. It's got a little zippered case, so you can open it up, flip it open, and there's the yeah. typewriter, and you just put the paper in. And it's completely manual. Perfect for the hipster's day to the coffee shop. I <laughs> would know. <laughs> so in other words, you'd rather take an underwear to the coffee shop. I like living, and <laughs> there is a point at which you will antagonize everyone else in the coffee shop beyond, beyond the point they'll take it, and they're already nearly there with the music. <laughs> Wait, is this I do is have to say that writing on a typewriter is such a wonderfully kinetic experience that I do not get with word processors. That there is something about the feel of the keys and plunking them in, it reminds me of playing the piano, that you just cannot get that same feel with the typical keyboard. I don't know, I write, you sorry, go ahead. Have you tried mechanical keyboards? I have yeah. not tried mechanical keyboards. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the yeah, closest yeah, thing you can get to that to that experience with a digital device is if you get one of the old school 10 pound IBM keyboards like oh, yes. I have in my closet. Oh, yes. <laughs> or actually, talk, talk to Watts about this because I know he's done a lot of, there are a lot of study into keyboards. Yes, that's yeah. true. Flex them. There, there are modern versions of buckle and spring keyboards that are, that are they're like $100, but you can get full mechanical, brand new. Unused and get that nice clicking feel. Oh, and they're beautiful. They're more like hundred and it's so noisy because they sell them almost exclusively for gaming. Yeah, yeah. because because the precision. gamers gamers want the, 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 the clicky feedback. clicky, and I'm like, you, for most of the people who buy them, like I know these people, I play against them. I'm like, a mechanical keyboard is not going to do anything but lighten your wallet. Right. Your <laughs> reaction exactly. times are not going to improve. I'm sorry, no. Very, no, uh, I mean the, the only thing. Well, there's another thing that mechanical keyboards may offer as an advantage, and and I apologize for the segue, and the tangent. But basically, it's if you use most modern keyboards as they're designed, they have software interpreters, which may limit mm. the number of keys you can have pressed at the same time. Sticky mm. keys. I don't know. Well, and well, and then there's sticky keys, but that's a whole different yeah. issue. <laughs> but basically, like for example, my laptop keyboard will only let me have three keys pressed down at once. If I press a fourth, oh. nothing happens. Really? So a mechanical keyboard does not do that. So that is that is that is one of the only differences. But once again, it's still not worth 150 bucks. No, it's I do not. I'm sorry, it's not. I do I do write. Uh, well, sorry. Well, one more thing about mechanical keyboards: they actually have a lower actuation point. With me normal membrane keyboards, you have to yes. really press down. Yes. So it's actually easier on your fingers to yes. write with a mechanical keyboard. Yes, mm -hmm. I, I write with a mechanical keyboard at home. That is, I love mechanical keyboards. See, that's an actual that's function. Yeah, that, that, yes. that is like that is like true actual actual function, as opposed to wanting it for gaming. But I guess I mean it doesn't matter. People want things for different reasons. So they you can know, go my mechanical it. keyboard is a gaming keyboard because that's yeah. the only way you can find them nowadays. <laughs> right, right. Have you guys seen the? Uh, and I think it was John Scalzi who tweeted about this. The Bluetooth keyboard, Bluetooth wireless keyboard, that is 
weighted like you could beat someone to death with it. <laughs> it is has round typewriter keys that are weighted oh. response mechanical. The keyboard is like three hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah, it's like modeled on a Remington Model Five, I think. Oh yeah. wow, it's it's yeah. ridiculously awesome, and I want it. Yeah, but I can't justify it. But it's three hundred and fifty bucks. I looked it up. Yeah, three fifty US. Yeah. I would. I would. Yeah, I want one. You can tell great. you're in a room full of writers yes. when everyone talks about how much oh. they want a specific yeah, thing. Now, now, okay, okay, now, now, how about that kerning problem? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fleming. Your name is Clint. Don't spell it in all caps. Sorry. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I've got actually a Model 6 portable at home, and I always thought it would be really cool to maybe bring that to a con, because the cool thing about that kind of thing, something that that's old, is any mistake you make, you're pretty much stuck with anyway. Mm -hmm. So your whole thing in writing is to try to force yourself to do the forward motion of getting the thing out without going back and trying to correct stuff, or find better terms, or change that word. But once it's on the page, you're stuck with it. So I always thought it would be cool to like bring that, get that in a room, get a bunch of different writers on it, and just just see what they put out like as sort of like their draft zero because yeah. whatever's going to go on the page is there forever. maybe so sorry go ahead i think you started first uh, uh, why don't you su suggest that to Giannis? because that actually sounds like a good idea for like a writing workshop or an exercise I, well yeah sir. don't want a flash fiction contest not allow you to hit the delete key Mm -hmm. um, I've heard when they did it at Rainforest, they you weren't allowed to go back. Yeah. So it would be that would be perfect if we had mm -hmm. two or three of those to say, hey, it's flash fiction. Yeah. Here's your keyboard. There is no delete key. Mm -hmm. It doesn't exist. Get going. Oh no! What's yeah. even better is if you can get a key uh, keyboard remapper. Yeah. You just <laughs> remap it to like something silly, like a phrase or something like that. It just macros it in. In my humble opinion. Some of the yo. best writers have actually done it that way, like uh, yeah. like Kerouac, right? On the road, he got like this big long scroll that he it was it was he had to tape it together. It was like in pieces, but he did the whole novel in like one big paragraph on one scroll that like fed through the typewriter and just like rolled onto the floor. And like part of it, you can actually like go to San Francisco and it's like in the public library, like eighty feet of it. And uh, yeah, he wrote the whole thing in one night. And fine, you know, Kerouac, not you know, for some people, is not their best writer. But you know, still, like some some of the best stuff has been done that way, like just committed to paper, and then they couldn't. <laughs> could. Oh man, just, farted. Just, just do it. <laughs> just, just. So two two things. I'm trying to open yeah. up a can of soda quietly on a podcast. This you is know that's audio. impossible, right? Let the listeners use their imagination. It's easier to insert your own. <laughs> Um, so to write your own things. podcast, yeah, uh, one, um, and, yeah, when, when he had some time, like I remember Kyle doing like a dollar, like he'd scribble like a little story, like a three-line story. Oh, wasn't it like on post-it notes? Yeah, on post-it notes. Yeah, on the mini post-it notes. Yeah, yeah on the mini ones. Yeah. What I, I can't if you had a writer who who could dedicate the time to do it, like mm -hmm. take take. You know, it's like okay, you get a story that 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 is you know a paragraph or two long, and I will sit here in the dealer's room and I will write it on this typewriter, and you you pay X dollars for it. I don't do any corrections, I don't do any changes, but you get to have it. <laughs> See, that'd be awesome. Like, I'd like to get someone like him to like do like a two or three page story. You know, like a one off. It's on this sheet. You can take a photo of it if you want, but it's like the only existing copy, and then maybe like 
auction it off or something at the charity auction for Connex, wherever it is. Right, you can actually get artist alley tables. Yeah. I want to say I have actually seen something like that be done. Yeah, I, I've seen Carl and Alice heard of people do it, where they'll be like, like more like a street busker or something, yeah. where it's like, I will write you a story within, I don't know, 30 minutes or something, $10, whatever, it could be about anything. And yeah, they do that. Harlan Ellison did it in like a store window in like, I don't know, 70s or 80s or something like that with like a whole bunch of people just watching and I don't know if they filmed it or whatever. Oh, I'm good, thank you. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know what he did with it, but yeah, his whole thing was, yeah, okay, I'll fine, I'll create something. They just sat him down, they gave him a typewriter and like put something together. So in a storefront window with people looking at him like he was like like a mannequin or something, he just sat there and like typed out a whole it's, story. And, it's actually a really fun yeah. writing uh, uh a writing exercise I used to do it'd be you know give me three to five random things whatever and I will create a story within 30 minutes an hour is a little bit easier and just from start to finish you know using those things it's it's actually a lot of fun no that's something Faye and I did a lot when I was uh, last year or two years ago when I visited uh, Faye in Australia Faye or Meridian uh, brilliant author by the way uh, that's something we did we would just Pick a uh, pick a topic and uh, come up with an idea for the setting and and try to write a story about it and we would uh, limit ourselves to I think we we actually did two hours but uh, yeah that was that was actually great for improving writing skills yeah it's just an iron author yeah. exercise right. yeah exactly. it's, it's basically a, it's basically an extended sprint yeah so, right yeah, yeah you know it's, it's a just, lot of fun <laughs> yeah I know um, there's a there's a cool website out there actually if you like doing sprints. Um, I think it's called uh, Writer Club or Club Writers and like that. I'll have to tweet it out at some point. I discovered it because of Mary Robinette Kowal. Uh, she said, hey, I'm trying this new application that they I'm to do sprints on. And so she tried it. I gave it a try. It was actually really fun. I think I suggested it to you at some point. Spark. You may have, and I don't remember. Just um, so everybody knows, we're probably going to have a brief interruption while one of the other roommates runs in to grab booze. Okay. There are two furry documentaries that came out in rapid succession. Oh, right. One of them is an hour and a half long and it's like at least at least eighty-five minutes of that is a hit piece on Kage. Uh, and right, then yeah. the other one is like thirty minutes long and is like three times the documentary. Oh, oh yeah. I was talking to Nuka and he was like um, he was asking the, the hour and a half, like, why didn't you guys want to use our research? Like you could have asked, they're like Oh, we, we figured you were basically slaves to Kage because Kathy let him have first authorship on her first paper she published using Anthrocon data. And he's like, we don't, we don't care. We, we don't, we don't, he doesn't own us in any way. We, we are not funded by the Kage yeah. Foundation. <laughs> they did clearly had an agenda and set out to... Yeah make the documentary to fit his agenda. <laughs> well, my understanding... That, that just shows right there how much... It's like, we don't want to use your actual scientific uh, data that has been tested over and over. Because Kage put his dirty road hands on Because as a courtesy, Kathy gave him an authorship on her first paper that used Anthrocon data. Because yeah. clearly that shows that they're working for the propaganda of Kage. Working for the Furry yeah. Mussolini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which was over like 10 years ago now. Yeah. Fursalini? Yeah, Fursalini, there we go. 
I like it. Uh, Remind uh, me about that when this is in. <laughs> uh, I can probably do that. That's uh, 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 the brown canvas. Yeah. That's what we said on. That's what we said on Notcast. Say what you will about Kage, no but it keeps the first parade running on time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it it, it does keep getting longer and longer. It was what ninety minutes this year. Twenty one hundred suitors. Yeah. Yeah, like twenty one hundred suitors. One thousand people more attending Anthrocon this year. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. Oh, did we find out any info on how many spectators? Because last year oh, it was five thousand. Yeah, they, they estimated five thousand. It to me it didn't seem like there was as many this year. Oh, this, this is July fourth weekend. Like, this small outdoor space, so. though, right? You can only cram so many people well, in. Well the city like did extra this year, like they brought in all those folding chairs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. They're yeah. expecting people to kind of set up, yeah. Uh, so I mean, I didn't notice any like vacant spots, so it just could be that they everything was laid out better mm-hmm. and, yeah. and people were spread more along the route instead of being all in the deep. corner. Because I didn't, I didn't go on the death march last year. Well, <laughs> I also didn't hear anything about like last year. Tonic ran out of food. Ben and Jerry's was almost oh, completely yeah. exhausted. I haven't heard any of that this year. Yeah, so I'm guessing either there were fewer people or all the restaurants actually knew what was coming. <laughs> was there a Ben and Jerry's coupon this time? Uh, uh, I didn't even look at my yeah, pack. Not that I, I saw two books out. I didn't see one. Yeah, yeah it wasn't. The thing is, it wasn't us that did it. Like it wasn't our coupon that did it. Yeah. It was. It was everybody they didn't expect to come from the city oh, right. Right, to watch <laughs> the parade. Yeah, yeah. Right. let's get ice cream. Yeah. Well, like after so many years, the restaurants have figured out how much food to deal with for Anthrocon, but mm-hmm. they didn't expect was the five thousand locals mm-hmm. that came down just to watch the parade. Right. So exactly. If, if anything, maybe that's the major revenue generating event aside from us being here. There's <laughs> there's the, the Anthrocon bump and then the Anthrocon parade bump. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, one thing I do have to say about Anthrocon is I love how the city of Pittsburgh actually just rolls out the red carpet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If, if we could it. only get more more cities to do that for us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, MFF, I would love it if Chicago just really came out for so. us. We're hoping you hear this, this Oklahoma. Yeah, well, this is exactly why I find it really funny that they're making a documentary against Kage and it's like, oh, he's doing horrible things to the fandom. And then you come to Anthrocon and you see all this and you're like, I think he's done pretty good. This is what, <laughs> oh, this is what he's so fostered. I'm okay with it. I saw a response to, uh, it was a negative review of that other documentary, but his response to it on Twitter was like, fuck Kage, apart from Anthrocon, what has he done? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, you know, handled press for so many years and explained away a number of things indirectly. I don't know. Yeah. And all I've got is that scene from Life of Brian going through my head. Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh. Jehovah, Jehovah. I don't know which yeah. one. No, what has he done for me lately? What have the yeah. Romans ever oh, yeah, done yeah. for us? And then oh, everyone starts listing stuff off. Stuff for the Romans. I mean, besides the aqueducts, and besides <laughs> the medicine, and besides <laughs> the roads, what have the Romans ever really done for us? What, what has science ever done for us? Yeah. TV off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that from Futurama? That's Simpsons. Oh, okay. And then they, they nice. go to the judge, and the judge declares that science must stay 500 meters away from religion at all times. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So should we mark back in, or are we back in? I don't know. I, think we're I figure we've been back in for a while. Right. I, I, so, another thing I've noticed from this con is, at least for the panels I did, I didn't notice we had that one um, that person one in the crowd <laughs> that is the one person you're like, please don't ask a question, please don't ask a Oh, yes, it's you again. 
We I, I didn't have anyone that I was just really annoyed if they had they put their hand up. Uh, we did have the one person who was trying to be a panelist. Eh, that happens. Uh, Which one was that? S- sorry about that. <laughs> that was not you. <laughs> I will not say who it was or where it was. That's why I stay out of writing panels. <laughs> Hon- honestly, I didn't even find them not that bad. Oh, yeah. but we did have an amazing person on the mm-hmm. submit and publish panel. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I can re- cannot remember her name, but she was asking excellent question after excellent question after excellent question. Yes, and Tira at one had point a she was with her at the table today, right before the end of the dealer's room, because I saw her go in there. Yeah, yeah. And she was talking with him. And you're telling you know, at one point she apologized that she was, you know, asking, asking so many questions. questions. And yeah, all of us were kind of silently going. No more. Please. Please. Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're the panelist dream. Yes. <laughs> this is the, the person who, whose last question was, "How can we get more representation in the fandom?" For yeah. oh. um, that was that was one of the last questions. Yeah. Of women, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that's that right. Yeah, one of the great. Yeah, which as a great topic for the fandom podcast. Yes, we would love to have more women represented in the writing and especially in the editing side of the the mm-hmm. fandom publishing. Because the ones we do are really high power. Yeah, like yeah. Husketeer. Oh man, oh, you have yeah. no idea how much Husketeer does. Yeah, Hus- yeah Husketeer is awesome. Sierska Sears- Grey Ribbon is awesome too. I love her. Just the stuff we season. Husketeer, Sierska, Rukas, and uh, Agent Elrond. Mm. Uh, Mary uh, Loud as well. Mary Loud, yeah. 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 Although she's more on the clean side of things for you uh, not so clean listeners. <laughs> <laughs> also, I mean, she's the editor of Roar. And yeah, she finished yeah. her second volume, starting on the third. So yeah. how do we get them to come to this convention? Since what's kind of neat from my perspective is that when somebody submits something, being in the fandom, like I don't see um, man, woman, black, white. I see otter, fox, husky. Yeah, half the time right. some of the names are like I don't know. Yeah. That is a girl or a boy. Like like husky tear when she first started submitting stuff. Like I didn't know uh, her real name for the longest time, so it's just husky tear. As far as I was concerned, Husky was sending me stories, um, <laughs> and, and that's part of what being in the fandom is all about. Just sort of neat that I don't really see that, I guess. But but then when you look at the at the con, it's like yeah, like like a lot of typical geek spaces, we do seem to be kind of kind of 25 on the uh, on the, the gender demographic. I think that's probably going to continue to evolve and fluctuate, I hope, yeah. as time continues to, to go on. And I think that we'll probably see more um, publishers, whether they're small, medium press, or if they're uh, self-publishing, to it'll be more women and or representative of other, other demographics as well. So I think that that's, that's something that's going to continue to increase because the fandom itself is very welcoming. Yeah. And for the most part, write, the writers within the fandom are very happy to share information. They're very happy to mentor, uh, and even if it's informally. You know, it's it doesn't matter. So it's it's going to increase as long as someone else is capable of self-starting. But they can get wherever they want. The fandom itself is becoming more diverse, which yes. just trickles down. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I Dive believe it makes it better. the newest, latest small press is supposed to be that Scratch Post Press, and I believe the person running it is also female. So yeah. that's awesome. I know the editor for their anthology is female. I think yeah. she's the lead. I think she's the same person, right? I think so. I'm not yeah. sure. I haven't. I had to Still look at their website again. Still waiting for my letter. <laughs> You're not the only one. Yeah, me too. But no, I mean, speaking to that, any uh, 
anyone out there listening that's not an author, um, you know, uh, 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 we are incredibly accepting. We are incredibly diverse, and we love to actually share our craft. I've, uh, you know, in the past two years, I've actually advanced my writing far more than I have in the past ten on my own, just because I've started interacting with our our writing community. We love you, Mog. <laughs> did we mention Renee? I think we totally forgot Renee. We did. Yeah, Renee. Oh, Renee Carter Hall. Oh, and Jess Owen. Maggie we were talking more yes. on the editing side of it. Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Initially, so. yeah, fair enough. True. True. Fair enough. But from the writer perspective, yeah, MCA Hogarth and et cetera, et cetera. Jesse Owen, yeah, absolutely. Jesse Owen, Renee Carter Hall. Very, very good authors. Very good authors. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ursula Vernon. Ursula Vernon. <laughs> oh my gosh. How's our hero. Yeah, our hero. Award winning author. Oh my gosh. Someone, someone just, yeah, someone take our furry cards, please. It's, I, I love it. I love that every Anthrocon, Manji and I walk up to the Hugo Award winning, Nebula Award winning, Ursula Vernon, and Manji takes the sketchbooks and he goes, Vegetables, please. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys, does she pick the vegetable? Yeah, yes. we, we give her complete freedom to do whatever oddity she wants to do. So that's why this time, you know, Spark is sneaking under a sleeping roost of, of uh, squash bats. What, what did Manji get? Manji got, Manji holds aloft the young king of Brussels sprouts. And it's, it's <laughs> Manji as Rafiki in the lion. Oh my god. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. Did, did they smear like a little butter over the <laughs> I didn't look that closely at it, to be honest. I don't know. My fir- one of my first experiences with Ursula's art was in the art show, she had drawn like penises, like in different costumes. <laughs> Wait, that was. Was that this year? Well, I mean. It might. She might continue to. Okay. Okay. Because in the really adult cute. art show, in the adult art show, there was an artist who had napkins. Right. That had penises, yeah. and it, it was all framed within the, the text of the napkin. So the napkin had a, had a square box in it. It was like it was framed within there. The scene was framed. They even used the appropriate media. Uh-huh. To do toned shading on like the brown napkins. <laughs> oh wow! It was it was amazing. I would have loved to have just bought all of those, but then where the hell would I have hung them? It wasn't her though. Like no, I don't think it was her. But yeah. it's, that's what I'm reminded of. I'm sure they would have been well hung. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were some good balls on some of them. So, <laughs> so speaking of Ursula, I'm happy to say she is the guest of honor at uh, my local furry con, Furry Fiesta. Oh, yeah, 2017. So, all you writers should totally come to Furry Fiesta. Turn it make a great writing con. N- turn it into the it next like writing con. con. I can oh, say it yeah. was like awesome. I went back in 2015. And it was a great experience just to like go to all these writing panels and learn. So who, who runs stuff. the writing panels there? It's um, Sasuke. Sasuke. Oh, Sasuke runs them. Yeah, really? yeah. Nice. Sasuke runs them. Uh, and has been putting out um, some requests via Twitter to have writers like send in some uh, panel requests. And I'd really like to see the writing track there grow and some of the interest build in, in the writing fiesta. And I think with a Hugo and Nebula winning writer as a guest, it's probably a good year to try to kick that up. Mm-hmm. So you all have to come to her fiesta now. Well, when, when is it? 
It is in March of 2017. So, Sparf, I guess if it, we could get you and uh, Friday and who else was on the panel at Furthermore? Which panel? I don't, <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> All I was them? only on one writing panel at Furthermore because okay. I was busy running well, the programming. Right. Well, right, right. And that was, sure. the, that was the publication panel, and that was oh, you yeah. and me at Friday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, so then we could get, like, Tyrion and Fuzz and... I don't know. I think Kyle goes to TFL Kyle on a pretty regular basis. Yeah, yeah. So it is uh, March twenty fourth through twenty sixth, twenty seventeen. To be more, more so specific. think about it. And our theme is mad science, which is should be. Uh, you, can, you can bring your uh, 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 you can bring your lab coat. <laughs> yeah, I can bring my aperture science lab coat, um, which is a lot of fun because it has a button on it that says "Keep calm and continue testing." <laughs> Lab safety. I want superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> Never works that way. You think it will? How about spider if you play fighting, Portal Two? Fighting. You find out that doesn't work that way. <laughs> that would be yeah. That would be great to turn TFF into a writing con because it's centrally it's located. Of, yeah, MFF is the other one that would be a good one because it's centrally located for a lot of people. I think no. writers need to invest no, TFF in like a virus, <laughs> take it over, and turn it into a writing con from the inside out. <laughs> Fur Planet will totally throw you parties. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would totally be down for baking. Isn't actually the, that's the con where you guys usually do get a suite and like to have like Generally, parties. yeah. Uh, we didn't last year because Tyrion got, this year, because Tyrion got deathly ill. Yeah. Right after I got deathly ill, so I felt fine. Uh, he was sleeping at home, so he didn't infect everybody. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a good TFF for Tyrion this year. But uh, yeah, we've had nice, pretty nice parties there in the past. Uh. <laughs> And we have a table and we sell books there. And, <laughs> and for books. Buy my books. Buy my books. Buy all of our books. Buy all of our books. Attend my workshop. <laughs> <laughs> we, we figured out That's what it was one. the one you tell your to. publishers sell my book. Sell my book. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. might get you slapped. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think I'm already doing, you fool? <laughs> you, you want to sell our books. <laughs> These are the stories you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the advice? Uh, Submit to my anthology. <laughs> does hit the spot. <laughs> <laughs> On a day like today. <laughs> what have you been writing since I saw you last? What's it been? Five, sixteen pages? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we go to laser mode? <laughs> <laughs> He can't keep a straight face at this point, honestly. <laughs> he can't keep a straight face. Oh, He's trying really hard. For anybody hard. not familiar with it, there's a group on YouTube called Aural Knots, and they did a uh, recut version of uh, episodes one through four of Star Wars. And they overdubbed the existing lines, and they turned it into this really, really... And it gets more bizarre as the episodes go on. Uh. <laughs> so it starts, you know, there's, you know, the, the scene where Anakin turns on C-3PO for the... It puts his eye in. He's screaming about how he has no no skin. I've heard of this. <laughs> you promised me edits. <laughs> 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 Dang it, 
participle goes to the world. <laughs> Why have you done this to me? <laughs> no, see, this is now this is turning into Tarl with his whole thing with that one anthology that, that got shoved out. Remember that when he was talking about the Cthulhu one where like oh. he turned it in and then heard nothing and then yeah. the, the company got bought. Yeah. And, then, oh. and then the company got bought and they're like, oh, we have this ready to go and threw it out the door and it was just unedited. Yeah. <laughs> And then they went, oh, wait, I guess we should edit that. <laughs> it's the reviews came in really yeah. badly. Yeah. Isn't it also the same one that the, that company went out of business and now some other company bought them? I, and they're still know, trying to decide if they want to sell it again or not? Yeah, I, I think. Oh. I, you know, I, I listen to you guys a lot, but after a while, like all the stories start to blend together. Because <laughs> it's like this long-running saga. It's like I listen to... I listen to podcasts that you know record every two weeks or whatever and so over time like i build this this narrative of what's going on like the, the if anybody who's listening is into retro gaming and hasn't heard of the coleco chameleon just look look up the completely unnecessary podcast and just go back a year and start listening to the segments where they talk about the thing uh or you can find those segments i think they made a youtube playlist because they do a video recording of the of the podcast and then you can find they've put those segments into a playlist so that you can watch it beginning to end so the, but the, the stories start to blend together in my head after a while so it becomes shut up Maggie I'm watching my stories <laughs> <laughs> okay as uh, I, I've had more than one occasion this weekend to, to remind people that as a kid I watched a lot of Days of Our Lives. Oh, God. <laughs> I watched a lot. You're oh. not the only one. We've, we're, yeah. I think we've had discussions about the Stefano Demira freaking whatever her name, Marlena stuff being ridiculous. The, the Marlena Stefano, Stefano's obsession. He kidnapped her once and locked her in a golden cage under the streets of Paris. And all of the people from Salem were trying to find her. And so, so like, why didn't he just come out like wearing the Phantom of the Opera thing with Cole Wilkinson like voice singing it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I don't know why because because they can't afford to do yeah. that. So years ago, a friend of mine came up with a furry name for a soap opera, and he called it as the Fur Sheds. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well played, that, friend of fuzz. Well that, played. That is that is well played. Wait, weren't wasn't everyone just reading that last night? What? Hogs Odyssey? <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Uh, I, do they even have fur? It's kind of hard to tell. And they also have wings. Hey, yo, and a dolphin ocean. tail. Yo. <laughs> and and they're all one color. Oh, that's hard. That's the horrible part. The red. The red. I I I I've, I've started to pick up the rhythm of the book. No, they're, they're, it is. Find a new country, offer them <laughs> your papers, your, your papers will probably get rejected, <laughs> or and you'll still go through anyways. Once you reach there, you'll check into the inn, have a nice lunch where the same people will order the same thing every time. And then after that, you'll have another chapter where you actually defeat someone without actually ever defeating them. It's usually the cheesiest victory ever. And then you oh, go to the next country. What was the one yesterday? It was... Um, the Satan of the, Lust. The, yeah, the Satan, Satan of, of Lust. Defeated, they were able to defeat the Satan of Lust well, at least they by... Used, at least they she just them. threw, like, icebergs at them, and they just dodged them. That, that, was, that was literally... They, they just dodged them. Man, and the they flew past them and sunk her own ship. <laughs> so, 
as she's singing this ballad and throwing ice balls at them, and they're just dodging it, and she's sinking her own ship. They're just like, um, do you realize what you're doing here? And then she's like, oh, my ship is sunk. I'll get you next time, kids. Mustache twirl. Yeah. yeah. And then they just freeze her and walk away. Was well, Celine Dion away. there? What? Was Celine Dion there? <laughs> so that's this is the the point at which I was uh, I was yeah. uh, and I came in and narrated this. Now I had been drinking <laughs> because you have to be drinking to read this book. I, I have to say, and I've said I said this to a couple of people that I walked in there staggering blind drunk, and other people were doing voices. So I decided to do voices. <laughs> Except my recent obsession has been with Orson Welles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute! No, no, you weren't. You weren't just staggered drunk. You were in character. Yeah. <laughs> French champagne is always renowned for its quality. And Paul Masson is made of champagne. It's fermented in the bottle, and like the best champagnes, it's vintage dated. <laughs> I, I, like I have fairly clear memories of the reading. I, like I wasn't I wasn't blackout drunk. I, I I nursed it along a little bit, and I'm really pleased with the outcome because I read the I read the story, and I did the the beep. And I just finished that page. And I looked at Ocean and I said, you, this is a bunch of shit, you know. That. <laughs> and then it. you just watched straight out of the room. <laughs> he didn't stage or anything. He didn't line up again. He was just, I'm done. I've paid my penance. And just stormed right out. <laughs> Which is too bad because you want a copy of Judge Dredd on DVD. No, 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 no. He won the, <laughs> he, he won the copy of Will of Alpha that he signed he before signed donating it. it. <laughs> So, that would be great to hear for those of us who did not stay for the whole thing. Who won stuff and for what reasons? Um, if you can oh, remember. He, so, I think each of us nominated a person and gave gave something away. Uh, you picked the guy who did did the sloth? Yes. Did and, Flash? Yeah. I think we all picked that guy. Um, I, I picked the guy that actually did... He did a combination of Schwarzenegger and Walken. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just luckily enough, he got some of the most heavy dialogue pieces. <laughs> so he would be going back between the two accents. Yeah, oh, oh, shit. It's like Christopher Walken. Yeah. <laughs> I do not know. Oh, no, you're going too fast. Yeah, it was very slow, but... But, but then, you know... No, I can't do it. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> but then, you know... Oh, we to get to the job <laughs> so I think the most comedic thing about this is that as much as we downplay this one particular story I'm certain Fuzz and I can tell stories oh. of having seen things of roughly this quality before sorry <laughs> no it's not you you're talking published work though not slush pile I'm talking slush pile. Oh, because slush pile then this might have been. Then oh, no. I can join yeah, in. No, tales from I the slush pile. Yeah. No, no, no. You didn't publish it, but I know that you have seen so, these things. I have seen some shit. <laughs> <laughs> Was it like so, Vietnam? So for so for, so for some odd reason, My I'm kind of thinking one. of Chuck Tingle for some odd reason. But Chuck Tingle's actually like decent. From like, I, I already <laughs> mentioned uh, yesterday when we ordered for lunch one of our slush piles, and I don't want to point out. Oh, which okay. one it was or anything. Right, right. But you're, you already know. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen some things too. Yeah. 
pounded in yeah. the ass by my Ursa Major Award nominee. <laughs> <laughs> pounded by the pound. Pounded oh, by the pound. Oh no, and then what about my T-Rex, my T-Rex lawyer boss has the hots for me or whatever like one of those titles is. I mean, it's just like, I love Chuck Tingle because he's just like, yup. I mean, went there. Fuck you. Buy my book. <laughs> and people and buy his book. It. I actually didn't know that was real. It's, it's real. It's real. It's real. He's a real author, and he really writes this shit. Did you see where J.K. Look up his interview. The, uh, she reviewed no. the book. Yeah. She reviewed the pound yeah, by the pound. She reviewed no, the pound no, by the pound. She actually did a review. Look that up. Yeah. Oh my god. It's bought this book, but I didn't expect to receive it. <laughs> are you look are you actually looking him up, Sparf? No. Oh, okay, never mind then. <laughs> I was dipping into the Slack chat because someone mentioned furthermore and my furthermore senses tingled. <laughs> oh giggity. Quick, everybody jump. <laughs> Quick, everyone to their phones. So I did mention on the submit and publish panel some of the horrendous things we've gotten and by and large, I think some of the worst offenders we've gotten were in novel submissions because some people tend to run, run completely roughshod over the idea that we're a furry publisher <laughs> and what that means. So, for instance, we tend to get submissions that aren't furry in the slightest, and we kind of go, mm -hmm. thanks, but no thanks. That's why you guys aren't open anymore. Yeah, and <laughs> then we got, um, we got one that was like, quasi-conservative religious, and I'm going, what, you oh. really want to get published by us? You, you mean they didn't go to Patriarchy Press first? <laughs> is that a thing? It is a it real is a thing. thing. Oh my god. <laughs> no, that, that is just proof that there is no god. I, I know, uh, I talked to Alopex a few years ago, back when he was uh, editing Heat. Um, I think he tweeted it, actually. He's like, wow, this Heat submission is... Not furry, not erotic, and not a short story. <laughs> <laughs> well, so something funky happened with Hot Dish 1, and I don't know how or why, mm -hmm. but we somehow got put on a, a horror a script. What? So I'm, I'm forgetting what the exact thing is. So horror like, yeah. I don't think it's horror tree, but there's places like Raylan.com, which are just a collection of all the submissions calls that are out and open right now, particularly mm -hmm. for science fiction. And I, I think we got put on one of those. Hot Dish was listed as like werewolf horror, <laughs> so we ended up getting a whole bunch of werewolf horror stories for Hot Dish. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's very so, specific. Any good? Yeah. Did you any put good? It? Yeah. Any good? In? No. <laughs> any good? Oh. These aren't erotic at all. This werewolf just kills people. <laughs> it's disappointing. Uh, it didn't have a boner at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I read a story well, once where, where where there was a there was a dead Reagan. I don't write a dead Reagan. <laughs> there was okay, so there was it, was, it, was, it was it was that it was, it was clearly like a dead Reagan that they had put in a throne and were marching toward the 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 thing. And there was a woman who took a guy home and then she like he was like begging her for whatever and then she turned into a werewolf and then ate him swallowed him whole 
I, I narrated that, and I don't remember if it was for the Bad Dog Book it, Club. It was. Was it? Was that yes. Bad Dog? Okay, yes. I couldn't remember if it was Bad Dog. <laughs> it didn't strike me as the kind of thing that it would, it would have gone on Anthro Dreams podcast, but I couldn't, <laughs> wow. I couldn't remember. I don't think Will Sanborn would have put that on there. But, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was, I could just imagine Will doing the opening narration of that. <laughs> something a little different this week on Anthro Dreams. <laughs> I, 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 I am sad that that's no longer up. Mm-hmm. Is he still around, Will Sanborn? He's been. I mean, he's posted. Said he's alive. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He's not doing the podcast anymore, and I don't. As far as I know, the publication side is just dead because yeah. I can't find a link to buy any of his books. From yeah, I think the publication side is dead. I think they responded to me when I put out the request for <laughs> um, some research information for the publication panel at Furthermore. Actually, so mm-hmm. I think he responded basically, basically saying. Sorry, kind of have other things going on here, you know, pretty much don't really publish anymore, if I remember correctly, so... Which I was talking to somebody or several people earlier, may have been you guys before we started recording. Right, yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. That, that tells you, I can't remember who I tell things to, like, <laughs> so I would be a really terrible liar, um, because I would just get caught. Uh, there's there's a really fantastic story that... Um, ended up on the Anthro Dreams podcast was in one of the anthologies they did and it's called The Stars Are Wrong. Oh, oh I remember that. I've read that. By Kevin Wright's oh. Koshi and it's it's wonderful just Lovecraft love letter to Lovecraft. I love that story. It's so wonderful. You said it was Some Will Sanborn, are. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. actually um, he did respond with Some an example Kuzma contract maybe. and yeah, it was basically you know, saying, uh, don't keep up with publishing as often as I used to. At least I caught this before the con this coming weekend because this was before Furthermore. <laughs> Uh, but he did send me a, a, a reference contract, so um, just as an example to to use for for kind of discussion points. And I don't think we ever got to those discussion points, anyways. So. I I walked in late, so I didn't know if you guys had or not. I I was busy dealing with other things. Your hair being on fire. Well, my hair wasn't on fire because this year I had an assistant. Last year, um, because there had been a prior engagement already booked, Ash had been my assistant director of programming, and Ash was not there. And I had no other programming staff except I had track leads, but the track leads deal with their own areas and I can't just pull them off to do things for me. So I'm running around checking and putting projectors in things and taking projectors away from things and locking them in the programming office and trying to coordinate all of the stuff that requires attendee submissions like the dance competition and the everything else. And you know, Giannis is handling the writing track, but you know, there's only so much he can do. So, yeah, that was the year of my hair on fire. And fortunately, this year I got an assistant and a panel coordinator, which is basically programming code for, I need someone I can trust to take this expensive projector to here and make sure it comes back from there. (coughs) Take your schedule, highlight these things. I need these things to happen while I go upstairs and yell at the AV team. (laughs) I don't have to yell at the AV team, they're stellar. I don't know, I couldn't do their job. Yeah, so hair, hair on fire at, at cons. I staggered into this panel 15 minutes late, and it's 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 Serval and it's Friday, who Friday has taken over, uh, furthermore, as head of writing, since Giannis is in Seattle. And we we were, we were, I was like, I don't know what you've talked about. I'll, I'll talk when you're done talking. <laughs> let's see, I didn't hear you mention the fandom publishers, so let's talk about those now. And that was that, was that and then I don't remember anything else. <laughs> I, I, I just I remember wanting booze. 
So um, I just checked, and like you can still order some of Anthro Dreams publications on Amazon. Okay, cool. That's good to know. So for those of you listeners out there who want to check out some of that stuff, go to Amazon. Particularly, I had somebody today ask me for any human and furry interaction stories. And there are two volumes of an anthology called Different Worlds, Different Skins, which all involve humanity meeting some kind of alien, and it's always an anthro or a dragon or something like that. And that's that's an interesting that's an interesting topic an opportunity for writers to jump into if they're interested in doing that sort of thing because there's there's a lot of it but at the same time there's not a lot of it that's there's not a lot of published stuff yeah. now right now yeah. they're they're sort of they're sort of in limbo but they're being worked on the fur to skin anthology yep. coming out of rabbit valley yep but you know three of them yeah who's that uh, editing those was that yeah 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 and it's it, they kind of went to him and then life exploded and so <laughs> uh, yeah. i mean it's I, I won't tell too many tales out of school but you know when when we lived together you know we we moved into that house and there was this massive problems that weren't discovered in the inspection we all had to chip in and fix them yeah and then now they moved back to seattle and now that after a year there they decided to buy a house and they, they exploded it, they it's nothing it's nothing that's not public knowledge you know ash has a uh, as a gofundme up Right. Uh, for that, but it's just it, you're not gonna buy. You need new pipes. You need new walls. You need new electricity. Yeah, it was it was like all of the electrical, all of it, all mm-hmm. of it. Right. And all and and huge chunks of the plumbing had to be changed because to make to put it up to code. It's just mm-hmm. insanity. Uh, so for those writers out there who ever want to buy a house, um, trip triple check that the plumbing works and that the electrical isn't some sort of weird uh, eldritch Cthuloid horror in the walls, uh, if you can. And that they don't outright lie to you about the age of everything in there. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking to someone who has lived in a house that was built in 1790, and to someone who has bought a house uh, that was built in 1960s, those are both very valid points if you're looking to buy a house. Homeownership is not for the faint of heart. Absolutely. I have learned so many skills though. Not for the wallet either. I have amazing skill sets now. I know how to I know how to handle PVC pipe. I know how to rewire electrical outlets. Oh and, yeah. And wall switches. I know to, I know how to trace circuits. Dude, the the house that was built in seventeen ninety had air insulated wires for the electrical system. Yay. There was no insulation on the wires. <laughs> Time to rewire. Yeah, spent lots we, of money. When we when we tore the walls apart, we had uh, copper lines in the walls for gas lamps. Neat. Yes, it was. Like, it was really save cool. those and turn them into art, because you know <laughs> that's uh, these were the gas lights, and that's where the aliens came out from the doctor. <laughs> so, it, it was telling a, a little bit ago how Fuzzle was talking about how someone had come up to him and asked for a specific thing, and. I've been doing sales at the con so intently for the last few days that I immediately started leaping forward and wanting to put out examples of this. <laughs> yeah. It becomes second nature after, after a couple of days. I try to have something for everybody, but sometimes when somebody walks up and asks for a specific species, my mind just goes blank and then I really have to think of it because I tend to remember more orientations and genres and themes than the specific species. Well, like today, well, like today when, when I walked in uh, to the last few minutes of science fiction and 
uh, he was like, oh, what's furry science fiction? And I was you know, like, things came to mind. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, there's, there's, uh, I mean, if you like lighthearted, there's Found One Apocalypse, which they probably don't have here in the dealer's room because it's, you know, it's a very old title. Uh, there's Huvec, which I know they don't have with them, which is a really good book to oh, me. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah, you can't get, you have to order those. Sorry. <laughs> I can't help you. I am useless. Well, it, it did. It does remind me that Sokol actually doesn't publish that much science fiction. We don't have that much of it in, at least as a single novel form. Mm -hmm. um, most of our novels are fantasy or slice modern day, slice of life yeah. kind of thing. Um, like Kevin Frayne's novels, those I think qualify as, as science fiction. Especially Thousand Leaves. Oh yeah, Thousand Leaves. I had a long conversation with him once about how, like, I was like, that was really awesome. You got uh, you, you basically got what what rabies would do in a human host, and he went, huh? Oh, I'm glad that's how that came out. <laughs> I mean, Smurf. We have uh, the furry future and yeah. anthropomorphic century. Well, they had already been mentioned. Okay. Uh, yeah, like this was toward the end Summer when I had, Hill. Yeah, becoming yeah. furry. Awesome. Yeah, those, those are, like, all of that had been mentioned. I was like, what else? What else? Oh, I two books I love. Here you go. I think we mentioned the furry future four separate times, and each time said, "Go and buy it, you fools." That's One good. person in the back held it up, and everyone went, "Oh, yes." The furry future cover definitely sells that poster. Oh yeah, it's a fantastic cover. Watts was over the moon, I think, with that, like, because he he wanted a a, a file so that he could make a poster of it. For for those that don't know, the cover of the furry future. Illustrates Watts Martin's story Toe, which is in his uh, Kismet universe. So he was mm -hmm. very happy to get the cover story for the, that volume. Yeah, there were a couple of really good. Uh, of course, these aren't available anymore. But back when when Rainforest's theme was cyberpunk, the the cyberpunk oh. anthology had really a couple of really virtual good stories. Virtual Horizons. For, yeah, oh, Virtual right. Horizons. That was a, I really liked some of the stories in that. I yeah. I got I beta read one of them. For uh, for voice and oh cool I was like oh yeah I like this I forgot how much I like like dystopian sci-fi future mm -hmm. <laughs> this yeah. is cool this is super cool wag bag wag wag <laughs> <laughs> so we need more cyberpunk is that what we're saying yeah, yeah maybe totally. hmm. a That's cyberpunk anthology yeah I'm not giving you the idea now for a planet That's not, not a too different from noir that? Like, this is the problem I have is that Spark was sadly one of the last rejections from Inhuman Acts and he had a cyber cyberpunk noir which I, I, I wanted to take at the same time I'm like there's too many plot holes and your character has no agency it was it was kind of a Swiss cheese thing <laughs> and it was, it was it was it was a last minute try to try to fix it kind of thing like, ooh, like I could see. I, I had the feeling that I'm like, if he had like two more weeks, I think he could smooth out a lot of this. Yeah. But I, I, at, I, I, at this I stage, as now. the editor myself, I'm like, I'm not even sure how to patch these holes. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. Is someone? Sorry. Is Matt out? Hi, Matt. <laughs> 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 Confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, 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 my plot was a little Swiss cheesy. Uh, 
I would totally do a cyberpunk anthology, though. Okay, uh, green light. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so this year will be Guild, next year Inhuman Acts, next year Cyberpunk? Sure. Okay, there we go. Wait, you can't jam out like three in one year? Okay, first I'm gonna watch uh, Voice right now try to struggle with two. <laughs> okay. I don't know if he was looking at me or you. If you want help and other people aren't willing to help you, I'll help you with Cyberpunk. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. I will, I'll, 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 I'll help edit that. Oh, I, look, I love this. It's like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll publish it. Okay. Oh, we have another hand over here. Yeah, okay. You, here, you guys do the work. I'll sit back and put my name on it. <laughs> <laughs> Senior editor, Ocean <laughs> Executive editor. <laughs> Sue Edison. Executive producer. Yeah, that's basically the same thing. It's, it's, it's not always the case, but like when someone's like, "Oh yeah, this is being executive produced by this famous person," I'm like, "Yeah, that means they put they arranged money for it." Mm -hmm. Like it's not always true. Like sometimes they really have a lot of creative input, but most of the time, executive producer means, "Hey, here's money. Give me a credit," and then that credit gets them more money. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's, it's it should really just be investor. It really yeah. should, but that seems that seems gosh, yeah. because oh. it's art. No, it's clearly I'm producing something. Oh. I'm gonna be reading this. Yeah, meanwhile, the line producer's going, oh, what? fuck off. Is, is Fred doing a, a Furry story. Future 2, like though, anytime soon? Okay, number seven. Because uh, I don't want Cyberpunk to conflict with Thanks that. Again for the Not that I'm aware of, because his Dogs with Fur was this year. Now his Dogs with War. Yes. Dogs with War. I don't think we're Dogs with Fur, Dogs with War, Furries with Futures. People have wanted like sequel potentially to Inhuman Acts. I am always happy to have people tell me they want. Like even I've had a bunch of people go either. I wish I had written for it. If you write for, if you do another one, I'd love to write for it. I'd love to see another one. And even like just the other day, you're like, hey, if you ever want to do a second one. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, because I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I, I read it. I, it my read, my reading stack, even my furry reading stack, gets is just gets gets taller and taller. Yeah. Like like okay, I bought for example, I bought Green Fairy when it came out mm -hmm. at that FWA. I have since bought at this con Red Devil and Black Angel. I haven't read them. <laughs> No, I haven't read those. Are that old? I've now. I, I mean, I did. You know, finally, I got through all the Argaia books. You know, the book Kyle's, and I. Yeah. I stopped. I stopped reading. There, there was a. There was a really sort of low point in my life, and I stopped reading uh, Divisions um, after the like second chapter because I knew exactly what the emotions were going to do to me, and I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> and then I just didn't pick it back up. So when I you know got hold of. Um, when I got hold of Inhuman Acts, and I had uh, talked to Giannis about you know, his plot and, and such mm -hmm. before, while he was working on it and, and such since then, and I got to read a little bit and help beta it, but then to get to sit down and read all of the rest of the, the stories, I was like, ooh, that's awesome. Ooh, that's awesome. Oh my god. Oh, oh yes. Oh, oh, oh lordy, yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> There no, was one that I, I shared with Ocean privately, where I was like, I was I was proofreading it, and I was like, I read this story and it was just so fucking good that I didn't, I specifically did not continue reading the anthology because I didn't want the next story to be tainted by the fact that the story was just so damn good. So I actually put it down and I did some other for a planet work and then I proofed the other stories the next day. <laughs> 
That's pretty. That's pretty cool. Uh, the interesting thing I've noticed with the anthology is a lot of reviews I've gotten back is it's not something you just want to chew through. It's definitely read a story, put it down, reflect. Mm-hmm. The next day you can read the next story, but it's not like mm-hmm. oh that one's done, read the next one. That one's done, read the next one because I, I don't know if it's just the style of noir or just the emotions at the end, but it's just like you just can't. It's very hard to carry them over to the next. Mm-hmm. Well, with noir, it's especially apparent because with noir, you've got that that ending that's at best bittersweet mm-hmm. because right. of the style of of th- that it is. Like there's always going to be that griminess to the world, so you you do stop. Uh, I bet with. <laughs> That was fun with Mary, because she, she presents one of her stories, and I'm like, this is great. I have to rake it through the mud a couple times. <laughs> it's, she presents this nice story, and then everything full unfolds just, just, it has a nice ending at the end. I'm like, this is just too nice. I, we have to make them suffer. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I remember that one. Uh, reading, and, but other, I do that with other anthologies. Like, I often, like, sometimes I'll chew through three or four stories, because I'm like, oh, let's see what happens next. But what happens with me is that every writer has a style that's, you know, it's a little different. And, mm-hmm. like, it's kind of like your brain has to shift gears. And if I shift gears too often without a clutch, I break something. <laughs> and you know, as fragile as I am, I don't want to break anything else up there. I was amused that Ocean even managed to write a, a, a noir story for an erotica. <laughs> It did not have the theme of noir. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Will of, Al- Will of the Elvis one of the, story? Yeah, one of the yeah, Elvis stories. Oh, yeah. that was a good, that was so good. <laughs> by, by Will of the Alpha, that was a really good story. Which one? should specify which one. Is that two or three? It was the third one. Yeah, yeah third, Will of the Alpha right. three. <laughs> the, the duck quacks twice, is that right? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yes, so good. So good. That was, that was you, good. you wrote a story that involved a duck penis? Yes. More than one. Yes. More than one. That, no, that belongs in sci-fi horror. Yeah. <laughs> kind of was. Are, are we open to reprinting from one for Planet Anthology to another? I don't that. As long as I get a contract that will pay me. <laughs> See, voice has a has a hole to fill in that anthology. With a duck penis. With a duck penis. <laughs> Do you have a hole that needs filled with duck penis? The man to talk well, to. It will be in this will fill any hole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> several of them at once from the look of them. <laughs> Why are we talking about duck penis? Have you seen that video of them unfurling? Yeah, that, yes. that's what gave me the inspiration oh, for that okay. story. It's pretty horrifying. I, I it's like a tree root like, unfurling you know in a that fucking five-year really time lapse or something. serial killer trophy. <laughs> Wow, the mind of a writer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't check my Google. No, no, I'm do, not a serial killer. Do, I'm a writer. Do not ever check a writer's Google search history. That's, that's a, a writer, horrible idea. You can check your own. Go to your Google account page, to your My Activity page, and it will, if you use OK Google, you can listen to yourself. <laughs> if it, and it will tell you all of your Google searches. It will tell you all of the data they have on you. And it is a sobering moment. (laughs) If you can can listen to yourself, then they can actually tell what context um, how to get blood out of bed sheets was asked. (laughs) 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 Writer, how do I get blood out of bed sheets? Maybe not, writer, at that moment. (laughs) I've had a reason to do that. But yeah, <laughs> wasn't for I, murdering people. I have to wonder how many uh, watch lists I'm actually on 
according to my Google searches. I'm a foreign national, so I'm pretty sure I'm on some watch lists just because of that. So I had a professor who, um, I didn't have this professor, but they were a professor in another department. And this this professor would would pick up their phone and they would hear the click happen like mm. 10 seconds later. Like uh-huh. they had been in, like an activist in the 70s. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so they're still getting like, they're like not sure which agency it is, but they're they're being listened to. Their phone calls are tapped. It's like, I mean, they're, they're like they're like seventy something, and they're like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I like on my pizza. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. You know, but but order it, make it sound like you know, I want a, a cheese supreme. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Topping C four. That would if be the anchovies. ID. <laughs> then you can't buy any beer. <laughs> the sun is shining, but the ice is slippery. <laughs> you just referenced the shadow, sir. Yes, I did. I did. Well played. <laughs> Speaking oh. of noir and pulp and pulp noir. Oh. <coughs> I, if, you, if for anybody listening, if you've never seen The Shadow with, with Alec Baldwin, watch it. It's just, it's great fun. Speaking of which, I need to steal the pulp anthology back from Yanis, since he doesn't, I don't know if he'll ever get back to it. <laughs> I want to see another one of those. I'm, I, I still have to read the, the first one. Has there only been one? Or is yeah, there's only, only been one. one. I still have I need to read to. the first one. That's, I've, I've owned it for like a year and a half now. When they start doing a second volume, I actually need to, I, I started writing a uh, an airship like a, a, a diesel punk airship based, like kind of, kind of tailspinish Nazi thing where like, it, I was kind of inspired by uh, a video game called Crimson Skies, mm-hmm. which yes. there, mm-hmm. was, there was one on the Xbox, but there was actually one that was a lot better on the PC. And it's just, you know, these big Zeppelins everywhere. And the, you know, the United States is a bunch of like small nations that have broken up into, there's the Empire State and there's the, the sovereign nation of Hollywood, and you know it's just all these things, and I, I used to love I, I used to love playing it, and it sort of inspired me to do that sort of. I never got it finished. I'm like, well, I'll, I'll just save it for the next volume, unless the next volume has a theme, which in which case I'll just do something else with it. Then they then they did the Xbox game of Crimson Skies, and and they knew exactly what they were doing because one of the one of the NPCs that you deal with is a is a businessman who runs the city of Chicago basically he's a crime boss and he has this smoking jacket with tiger striped lapels and his name is Mr. Khan <laughs> oh good great yeah <laughs> is he dressed rather sheer you don't get his first name you just call him Khan okay my name do you get to shout it from the middle of a Dead planet, or <laughs> I did that at a convention once. Yeah. I yelled "con" because I was at a con. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was at Anime Mid Atlantic, and I was in the dealer's room, standing next to the uh, to the Funimation booth. And one of the voice actors looked at me and said, "Man, cut, cut the con crap out. That's not <laughs> funny." I'm like I'm 21, it's funny to me. I think I'm going to wrap it up, though. Yeah, it's probably a good yeah, idea. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're Thank going on wild tangents. Any final words from anybody? Yeah. When you send in a cover letter, make sure you proofread it, because if it has typos, it will go straight in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yes. And and if, make certain that you do not have any typos 
In the title of your story. <laughs> and if you are using a template from a previous cover letter you sent, make sure to reread it so that you aren't thanking Fur Planet for yeah. looking at your heat yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> oh my that god, happened. that is so terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that shit. Did I? I, don't, I don't think it was you, oh, but okay. I got a, I got a like submission for <laughs> <press>. <laughs> That could all have been me on like five or six occasions. And I'm just like, I, I know it's an easy mistake to yeah. make, but if it's your, your cover letter, your mm -hmm. email to a publisher, it's something you need to like double, triple, quadruple track. Yeah. That's why you always make sure to put the email address in there last, like the send, so you don't accidentally click that send button. Yeah. So you have to send that apologetic follow-up email, like, this is what I really meant to send you. <laughs> I'm and sorry, I'm, here's the attachment. Yeah. Don't express your willingness to break a contract with somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Oh, that, that was a fun story. I should tell it at least briefly now. Okay. So we got a, a s submission at SofaWool where in the cover letter, the writer says that they already have a contract to publish this story with another publishing house, a major publishing house, uh -huh. but they really wanted it to be published by Sofwolf and they would be willing to break contract in order to do so. We decided to contact said company and see if said contract actually existed. It did not. And I think at the conclusion of that particular phone call, both Sofwolf and said company we're like, hmm, I think we're going to avoid this person entirely. <laughs> Can I add an epilogue to that? Mm -hmm. That same situation, the editor at SoFool who had handled that situation emailed myself and Andrew Rabbit at Rabbit Valley and said, hey, if you get a submission from this guy, here's what he told us about said major publishing company, you might want to avoid him. So. <laughs> We're all technically competitors in that we all own a business and sell a similar product. But in publishing, we all talk to each other. Yeah, we all have dinner with each other. A lot of us are friends. And, and a few, we've also shared stories of someone being rejected from an anthology, losing their shit, and being a total dick. <laughs> These are stories that we tell over dinner. So always remember to be professional and not quality BS, like actually lying about a contract to a publisher. So I love it, because we've, we've said that on the podcast, and now we're actually hearing it exactly from the publisher Absolutely. themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah, just the contract, but also the endorsement from another writer. I think you mentioned that one, too. Endorsement from writers? Yes. Oh, yes. Someone claimed to have an endorsement from Kyle Gold. Oh, Kyle. Uh, wait, 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 wait. No. Someone emailed SofaWolf? Yes. Saying that Kyle has given me an endorsement when <laughs> the, email, yes, yeah. the email went to Kyle Gold. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Uh, okay, that just makes my day. I'm just going to leave it there. This very important lesson brought to you by Shit Writers. <laughs> <laughs> it's topical. Thank, yeah. thank you guys. Thank you for a great Anthrocon 2016. Woo Woo I don't know what next con we'll be recording yet, but hopefully it'll be there. Otherwise, if you're listening, uh, have a good night, guys. We'll see you around.
Mark. We're marketing podcast. Oh. <laughs> Marketing more and the funky bunch. Mark, Mark, Mark. Life Mark. would be dull without bacon. <laughs> that would have been good too if the whole time they're here we're just going Mark, Mark, Mark. Life Mark, just Mark, 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 until they just like bacon. awkwardly leave. <laughs> <laughs> I like the aliens in uh, Mars Attacks. Mark, Mark, Mark. Or just oh, the God. seagulls. Yeah, like, Mike, 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 Mike,